Welcome to the Metabytes podcast. It's back after a little bit of a um, what would you call it? a little bit of a holiday? I think been about three months since I last recorded one, and I'm lucky enough today to have Glenn Langridge with me. Hello, Glenn. Hello, and thank you for having me on. Not a worry, not a worry. A little bit of a background with Glenn and myself. Um, my business partner, nearly in July. It's coming up. We're we're going to tie the knot. <laughs> Oh. Myself and Victor officially. Um, Victor used to work with Glenn um, a year or so ago. Yeah, just just gone a year, I think. Yeah, at um, Bird Brain. That's right. Um, where you were the... I was head of digital. Yeah, head of digital at Bird Brain. Um, and Victor was my trusted developer. <laughs> Very good. Yes. And now he's my trusted developer. I know, you Glenn. stole him. Hands but that's off. okay. Hands off. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that is a little bit of the history of how we how we met up, and Glenn is now working with Canning's Purple, one of one of Perth's biggest PR agencies, and probably you can't not always put them in the basket of PR anymore. I suppose where would you say Canning's Purple are kind of sitting, and what do you do there just now? What position yeah. did you move into? So I'm in the uh, digital marketing manager position at the moment at Canning's Purple, and I think what you said is exactly right. You know, PR is beyond just PR now, you have to be more of a strategic communicator. Yep. Um, so Canning's Purple goes across all of those different areas. And I think my entrance into Canning's Purple has really shown that that motivation to move into the digital space a little bit heavier and a little bit more than than what previously they were doing. So yeah, okay. big part of my role is kind of rolling out websites, digital strategy, and digital communication through. And that's obviously internally as well as externally for, for clients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I kind of spread my time doing a lot of our own internal, because, you know, you've got, to, you've got to have your house in order before you can tell other people what to do. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I actually take a, a lot of pride in the development of Canning's Purple itself and then how that rolls over to our clients and taking those learnings and that development into into new spaces. Yeah, yeah. we were chatting a little bit before we switched record and you were saying um, the level of experience you have on board now um, at Canning's Purple from a sort of media perspective is is quite huge. Is that is that correct? It is, absolutely. I walk in and the faces that I see at Canning's Purple, you just think oh, these people really, really know what they're doing and they've been doing it for a long time and they're still getting better at it. They're not sort of resting on their morals and thinking, you know, this worked 10 years ago, so it's going to work for the next 10 years. It's it's taking on board the new the new things that I have to say as well, the new digital executions and taking that to, to the next level. And yeah. that that's really exciting for me, actually, um, thinking, you know, I'm someone that's always trying to do things a bit different, a bit stubborn in that way, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, yeah, really really powerful for me to be able to be motivated by those people and pushed by them as well and kind of absorb that that experience that they have. Yeah, definitely. And the position you moved into, was that actually created for, was that a new position created? So that kind of even a new avenue for them to, to sort of move forward? It was, yeah. So Kenny's Purple always did work in the digital space. I think, you know, you have to as a communicating uh, communications company. Um, but there wasn't a strategic avenue for that uh, so in and that's where my um, onboarding began is that there was that that need to take it to the next uh, to the next level and bring someone in who could really drive uh, the offering and develop the offering as well in the digital space yeah okay well we will come back to Canning's Purple a bit later but I 
want to sort of go back in time, if I may, and find out a little bit about yourself. Let's do um, it. You're a, a Perth guy, born and bred? Or? I am. I'm very proudly Perth, born and bred. Yep. Uh, I love getting out of Perth uh, <laughs> to travel, and then I love coming home to Perth. It is it is quite beautiful. It is a great place to come yeah. back to, isn't it? And it it's is. It's an amazing place to, well, I've got a young family. Obviously, that's the, the one thing everybody says, oh, it's a great place to, oh, to bring it? up a family. Yeah. But it's a great place, I mean... I think for any age now, it's matured a lot over the last sort of 10, 15 years, Perth. It's a nice way to put it. Matured, <laughs> yes, yes. I think um, what, I, what I love about it is um, that, it, that it is quiet and there's enough going on if you know what you're looking for. People call it quiet, you know right, but... You know the right people. Yeah, yeah. All, all that, yeah. Surround yourself with good people, right? That's yeah. what they always say. Yeah. So where, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Balladura to start with and oh, then wow. moved to Karanup and now I've got my place in Bassendine. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, Bassendine, is that officially north or south? Just wanna, north, I think, isn't it? Because it's on the. I call it east. I call <laughs> it's it definitely east. Um, but, I, but I've always lived north. Like, it's definitely north of the I river. Do, I, I, this is yeah. the thing. I like the north thing because I'm, yeah. a, I'm a north lad and Victor. See, Victor isn't. He's one of these strange southerners who. Yeah, I don't quite understand those. <laughs> no, it doesn't, doesn't do it for me. No, so I, I guess I've never. I've never, never ventured south. I've never worked there. I've never lived there. I've. Which kind of means that I've I've got I've had friends there and exposure to, to living south, but <laughs> just I just feel lost. <laughs> just feel a bit lost. So you know, I, when I when I was looking for my own place, it was north and then pushed east, and yep. then I found this nice little pocket that means I don't have to sit on the freeway every morning. <laughs> definitely, so that definitely. works for me. Well, Balladur, I'm not. I'm in Lansdale, so I'm sort of two seconds up the road. So I've, I know Balladur quite well. Mm. My, my son goes to John Septimus Row School, which isn't too far off the. That is where I went. It? Is it really? It really is. Yep. No, I went ah. there up until year five. I, uh, oh, right. Yeah, okay. the uh, Mirabuka campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's where both my kids are. Emma actually left and went to Sacred Heart for the last couple of years, but Sammy is still year 11 now. He's been there since kindy, so nice. right the way through. Nice. So year five. So what year 92 born, so that would have been... Early 2000s? I'm going to take your word for it. I think... You were born in 92, am I right? I'm doing my homework That's right, yep. No, no, that's good homework. Good. Uh, yes, I was born in 92 and then, yep, went to John Septimus Row for, well, up until year five. So, so not straight, when you didn't go straight to school when you were born, obviously. You, well, you I, have I, a look, break? I had a couple of years in between. Um, <laughs> apparently there was some crawling and some crying that ha- occurred. Um, and it happens every now and again. It does, still, yeah. it does. That's right. And, and yes, then, uh, and then went to... Went to Hale in uh, Wembley Downs. Uh-huh. So I went there from year five through to year 12. Oh, very good. Yeah. And you were saying before as well, before we switched record, um, you went to a 10-year reunion. Was that the Hale reunion? It was the Hale reunion. That was uh, that was good fun. That was good fun. <laughs> um, was it what I expected it to be? Um, maybe. Uh, I don't really know what I expected from it. It was just kind of going in cold. It was nice to see everyone um, ten years, after 10 a, years. Yeah. Was there people it's, that you'd obviously seen around the traps and sort of yeah. still still in touch yeah. with and I mean, friends I, with or exactly it? i work i work in the city now you kind of it's perth uh it's not huge uh, you can't avoid everyone but it was <laughs> so you know you it's good to it's good to have conversations with people that you've had that connection with oh definitely um, yeah. for so long and you, you you kind of do go through a lot with people at school um so i'm still very much in touch with some close friends from from school and then it was nice to see some people that maybe i didn't connect with then but 
have a good connection with now. Yeah, 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 and see how well they're doing, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, comparing. Uh, (laughs) You know, that's what it's all about. No, actually, it's funny that, because I I didn't actually feel, I kind of expected that's what it would be. It's like, oh, what do you do? How many kids? Yeah, how many kids? What about your wife? What about your house? What about your job? All of that. Um, But there wasn't really any of that. It was was almost just reminiscing and just catching up and genuinely asking how people were going. (laughs) Definitely. Which which was really nice. That's good, that's good. So... Growing up at Hale School, was there a time in life that you knew that digital marketing was going to be the thing, or was there another sort of occupation that you that you had your um, sights set on when you were growing up? I would love to have been a pilot. That would Ooh, be my okay. other thing. Um, yep. Right up until the reality of being a pilot uh, became very apparent that <laughs> one, I had to be very good at maths, and okay. yep. while I was good enough at maths I was certainly not passionate about it uh, to pursue it any further than I needed to um, and then the I realized I had to be good with lack of sleep which I'm not um, <laughs> I do not function you can you can ask anyone that knows okay. me well yep. Um, yep. that I the kind of shutters go down and I start start glazing over when I'm a bit <laughs> a, a bit tired um, and that I had to be away from home a lot and that's that wasn't something I wanted to do long term okay um, so I kind of moved that into a passion for like planes in general and okay. one yep. day I would love to get my Your private license. license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. My goal, as funny as this may sound, is to take off, land in Margaret River, have coffee and fly back just because I can. <laughs> um, just I, I love Margaret River. I love getting out of Perth, like I said. So that would be, that would be a goal of mine for that. Um, but going back to what I wanted to do, it was sort of in first year uni. I knew I, I, knew I was really interested in people. Uh, people always fascinated me and sort of why they do what they do and what motivates them and what yep. pushes them t- into different directions in the life. Psychology of, exactly. of, of humans. Yeah, yep. so the obvious thing was to study psychology. Oh, so that, okay. That yeah, was, yeah, okay, exactly. Excellent. And then you can you can feel a, a, a theme coming up. Um, I had to do a, a stats course, um, <laughs> which involved a lot, of, um, a lot of really detailed stats. And it kind of started moving away from what I thought psychology was going to be and moved into this this different realm. So I actually didn't do it for very long. I did it for sort of six months. And then that sort of led me into the marketing realm. And I read a book called Predictably Irrational oh, by yeah, by Dan Ariely, and it's all around behavioral psychology. And uh, I in a marketing perspective or was it pure sort of just purely it was, psychology? It was based? purely it was purely um, well it was sort of behavioral psychology, which means that it was that blend of psychology and economics. Okay. So that to me was really interesting because it was sort of a an applicable psychology. So it skipped all of that theory and went straight to why do people do what they do? And it answered those questions for me and it sort of gave me this framework that made me think about that side of things and how to engage with people at a deeper level to get them across the line for certain messaging and certain product purchases and things like that. Yeah, I was going to ask you from an entrepreneurial point of view. I'm, I'm a funny one with the word entrepreneur. Mm. Um, I mean, I think the last few years it's become a, what would you say? I mean, it's, it's a buzzword of sorts and people are, are labeling anything and, and anything that think they've got a business as an entrepreneur. Uh, what would you define uh, an entrepreneur as? It's, it's, it's interesting because the, I think it, there's more opportunities to be an entrepreneur because it used to be that... Uh, you open a store, you open a business and you're an entrepreneur. Now you can be an entrepreneur by being an influencer and being yourself and having a digital platform and an avenue to communicate. 
So for me, I, I agree the entrepreneur is a bit of a term that gets thrown around. Um, but I think it's someone who is doing something for themselves that they can offer to other people as well. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, given, they're giving back, but they're also saying, well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily doing this to make money. I'm not necessarily doing this so that for ego, but they're doing it because it's something that they truly want to do. Yeah. And they've seen an opportunity. Yeah, and they're they're going straight into it. I like that how you've taken ego out of it because I think the, the the term entrepreneur now has become a bit of an ego play. You know the you know the Instagram luxury villas and cars looks and good though, doesn't it? Oh, it looks brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so as a as a youngster, so we're, let's say let's go back again um, into school and talking about sort of entrepreneurship. Was there a time when you? had entrepreneurial thoughts as a as a kid growing up was there the lemonade stand or were you selling something behind the shed or was there anything going on from from that selling of? something behind the shed uh <laughs> no oh, uh, hey oh jesus yeah yeah no Malajura, C- maybe but certainly no. not don't don't even uh no it's uh <laughs> yes uh, there were always those times i was always looking to behind the shed i do apologize for no that. no uh <laughs> to to find something that I could offer if I could say it like that I don't know it's um I was always thinking I always like to do things differently so if everyone was watching a tv show I would almost deliberately not watch it uh, <laughs> so that I could watch it a year later and go hey guys guess what there's this really cool tv show and then to be told that yes that that was cool a year ago Glenn so what about the first digital kind of, well, would it have been digital? It would have been digital marketing job or was it marketing sort of first coming out of uni? So my first my first gig, if you want to call it that, was a, a internship at Kenny's Purple. So uh-huh. yeah, so here it is. This is the loop. Uh, so what <laughs> I did is, sense, um, yeah, I went to, so I'm a big Eagles supporter. I'm glad I was able to get that in. And I went to the Eagles Dockers Derby lunch, which was host at the convention centre. And I sat at a table next to Warwick Hazeldine. And he is the managing director of Kenny's Purple. And the key word there is purple. Uh, he is a big <laughs> Dockers supporter. Ooh. And so we did manage to get along, strangely enough. And he was talking to me and he was, it wasn't like digital was this brand new thing, but it was like, we're really interested in digital marketing and the landscape of it. And what sort that, of year are we talk? Is this sort of... Um, this is 2010. 2010, okay. Yeah, or late 2009. Actually, so yeah. I mean, a lot of the digital platforms or social platforms anyway were probably in their infancy yeah. back then. I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Or or starting to starting to take yeah the name yeah. yeah exactly. So excuse me. So I um I started talking to Warwick and he said, well, why don't you come and do a bit of a twelve week work experience internship style um, and develop a social media strategy? And so I did. Uh, which was a fantastic opportunity, a real eye-opening opportunity, sort of going from school to now wearing a bit of a suit and rocking up to <laughs> which West bit, Which bit of the suit did you wear? This is the Oh, well, <laughs> yes, I'm glad you asked. No, I, um, I, I ditched the jacket. The jacket was uh, too no much. Jacket. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so now I'm sitting here in no part of the suit other than the jacket. So I've obviously... It does have other clothes yeah, on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I forgot jacket, this is yeah. a podcast. Um, so I... I ended up, um, yeah, finishing that internship and doing a presentation to the Canning's Purple team. That is so cool. Um, did they leave you kind of to your? Did you have somebody like mentoring you? Or I, I had support, yep. but I was very much um, the only person there doing what I was doing. There was um, the media monitor who was putting the media that she was collecting through social media and amplifying it that way. But it was at its 
early stages. Um, so I did that and I, I've actually still got the document. I, I need to dig it out because I know I have it um, and I want to actually take it in. I'm probably going to be very embarrassed by it now, uh, but I'm, I'm also very proud of it, which is why I've kept it. Um, so that was my first real kind of feather in my hat, if you like, yeah. where I was just yeah. like, yes, okay. And at that time I, I was quite a bit ahead of everyone else in my class who were just sort of first year uni, yeah, okay. just still playing it out. And I knew I knew pretty early on that you know, things weren't going to come to me and I knew if I wanted things to happen, I had to go out and get them, yep. especially as my friends were doing things like engineering or accountancy where there was a bit of an avenue where in digital marketing there, there wasn't. Most people didn't know what that meant. It, most people thought it meant that you fixed computers at that time. In fact, some people still do. Uh, so it, it meant that um, I, I had to do a lot of research, do a lot of learning, and there wasn't a huge amount of support around um, to actually coach through digital, um, which means that I got to develop my own strategies, my own ways of doing things, and now I get to pass those on to others, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what were the sort of the, some of the big learnings then in that in that time, the early time at Canning's Purple? I mean, what were you using? Like, can you sort of build out what it was you actually created? What, and I, was it used in the end? Was it was it actually implemented in any in any form? Or it was. I think what it was is it, it was the start of the cultural shift towards uh, social media. Yep. Um, because there's a real focus off media. Um, it was you know at Canning's Purple. It's a very um, well, it's a PR company at its core, really. Yep. Yep. Um, it's a big part of what it was and what it still does. So f- flipping that into, hey, there's this thing called social media, which a lot of people are talking about, a lot of people are on. And at that time, the opportunities weren't quite as large as they are now. Um, but it was about changing people's perceptions around, well, yes, we need to worry about traditional media, but we also need to worry about social media. And that if you put something on social media other people can share that and then other people can see it. And it it sounds fairly basic now, I think, but um, in 2010, it was very much, um, you know, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll start giving it a little bit more attention. It's not just this thing that I see lots of cat photos on and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's, 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 been, it's been a journey. And I think every company is still going through that journey where everyone maybe knows they need social media and know they need digital presence but haven't quite landed on that cultural shift of how that fits in yeah, and I mean, or how to use it. And it's something that is going to continually change anyway. So it's, it's not a landscape that you set and forget or, mm. you know, it's, it's something you're always going to need to keep an eye out because you'll be overtaken by, by something pretty quickly. Exactly. I, I bought a book called The Social Media Bible. And I, I think it was 2003. It was from 2003. <laughs> that would be so good to read. It, it, it's be... really thick. Yeah. It's a really thick book. And I just can't, I can't quite remember what's in it, but I would have no idea what would be in it. I think it, it 2003. didn't 2003? Yeah. I didn't even know social media wow. was even you know, a thing then. almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, Facebook, very, Facebook definitely wasn't no, around so then. It so it's very, very early days. Um, wow. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'll dig that one out um, again and, and have another read. I think it would be... Make an interesting content piece, at least. Sort of, you know, in, <laughs> Definitely, yeah, in yeah. fifteen years, the the whole the whole game's changed. Yeah, not just the goalpost moved. The yep. whole game. Who do you follow in a in a around the world in a digital marketing sense or a marketing sense? Is there anybody that you sort of use as a as a kind of a virtual mentor in in this space, or is it do you just get in and sort of learn, just go with the flow and kind of learn everything you can? 
Yeah, a bit of going with the flow. So I used to have um, a few resources that I'd tap into, but I found that I started almost honouring their mantra and what they wanted to tell um, and the way that they wanted to do things rather than develop my own. Um, so I moved away from following key um, industry leaders, I guess, um, and started looking into topics. So I'd find a topic that I was interested in and then find resources that had different opinions of that and then pulling what I wanted and what was useful out of that and creating my own opinion. I like it sort of like a scientific approach to it where you're sort of mm. trying to break something to see if it works or not. And obviously if it, if it fails, you move on to the next thing. If not, you put that in your little tool bag and, and, and keep going. I, yeah. I like that approach. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Very good. So from your intern, was that just a like a six-week thing at school, was it, that you that you, you did through – oh, sorry, from, from University at Cannings Purple? Was that just a short short stint? Or? It was, yeah. So uh, when I finished up there and it was it was agreed that it, like, it wasn't a job or it wasn't leading into a job or anything, it was purely just to, to get me in. Not yet. Not yet, exactly. <laughs> um, to get me in, to build that relationship, to start my, my journey. And then I – went away actually i did a few random things where um well did it involve behind sheds at all uh no no sheds involved this time (laughs) no at this point i'd moved away from the sheds um but i actually did female clothing um so okay yeah i did the 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 marketing and um some digital work for villains clothing um okay just through through connections um through family friends and things like that needed some support um so i did that and it just sort of goes to show that you don't have to know or use the product that you're talking about. You just have to know who you're talking to yep. and what their pain points are and how to how to approach them. So I learned a lot there. And um, and what else did I do? I, I worked as a barista. I'm, I like to get that in because I, I, I love coffee and I love making coffee more than I love drinking coffee. So <laughs> Do Cannings Pro have a good coffee machine? They are for, we, we are fortunate enough that we are in the city and so there is galore. just co- you can't. You can't avoid it. There's coffee everywhere, and um, any excuse to to meet a client and have a have a relaxed conversation <laughs> over coffee is very welcome. Yep, yep, very good, very good. Bird brain. When did that come into the picture? Was that because that was probably the one of your longest roles in a in a kind of senior digital marketing position? Was that something that came about? Um, a job you just applied for, or or were you headhunted, or what was the what was the setup there? So I went. To Europe for a month and before that I was working as a barista and I knew that when I came back I was I was kind of done with that I was ready to start making my way in the industry that I wanted to work yep. in yeah um, so I sort of made the decision while I was away that when I got back I was gonna do up my CV and and start approaching digital agencies or at that time there was sort of just marketing agencies <laughs> yeah yep. um, and I said look, I can do social media. I can see that. And so I, I picked out five companies and I said, I can see that you don't have a huge following. I can see some opportunities here. That's Here's interesting. My CV. So you, look, you looked at the actual companies to see how their social media themselves were working. and, and sort Yeah, of used that I did. And, like and, that, yeah. and it was, I don't know, I think it, it Maybe some of them thought, you know, this is a bit arrogant, if you like. But the, my approach, I hope, didn't come across that way. <laughs> and I guess the results prove that not everyone thought that. Yeah. But it was very much like, hey, I want to add value to you. I don't want you to give me this leg up. I'm not some uh, university student begging for my first chance. I am a university student that is confident enough in what I can deliver. And I want to come and develop that with you. 
how would you define digital marketing? What, what, would, what would be a definition that you would come up with having been in the industry a little while? That's a great question. Um, depends who I'm talking to, I yeah, think. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I just say, oh, it's marketing online. And it could be as simple as that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get into the detail. I think um, I've, I've kind of, yes, I do digital marketing, but I think it's so much more than that now. It's almost, um, it's almost moved away from being this thing that is another it's it's not marketing and then digital marketing. It's just marketing now, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. because it's it's just so ingrained. Um, you know, I was looking at some figures earlier. Seventy nine percent of Australians use social media. Forty nine percent of us use it every day, and we use it for an average of an hour and a half a day. Yeah. That is a big part of our day, really. When you think <laughs> about is, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you think about what you can normally do in an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so you think about some of those stats, and you think. Well, why does why does it need to be an other thing? It's just part of our life now. Yep. So I guess digital marketing for me is more of a discussion and more of a um, more of an education piece than than a definition. Yeah. Where would you start from a you know business A comes in and says you know I I think I need digital marketing because everybody's doing it. Where would you where would you start? What would be the first piece of the puzzle? The why what do you want to do out of that do you do you want leads or do you just want to be there because everyone else is there well, i haven't um, thought about that yeah exactly <laughs> and and also uh, you know clients will come with with a with a tactic they'll say i need to rank first in google i need so they have a very definite sort yeah. of goal in place yeah. yeah and so i like to have that conversation where okay so why do you need to rank first oh i think my clients are yeah. are going to see me there are they seeing you there do you have the data that tells you that they're seeing you there so you're sort of digging a bit deeper yeah and and deeper. then exactly so what normally comes out of that is oh wait we can't get you number 1 yet because your website isn't structured and we can't do your website yet because you don't have your product finalized. Yep. You don't have the name for that or your service isn't, de- uh, isn't developed. So I don't, I don't like these approaches where it's um, – and I think this is going back to that, that World Vision experience is, well, what is what is your motivation and are you set up for it? And if you're not, let's talk about that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And We're not going to put in place this um, exactly. ma- massive digital marketing strategy for you when we know that the pieces aren't there to, to, to keep it going. Like exactly. You. And then all that's going to happen is in six months' time, you're going to rock Look up. Look at you and, and go, well, Exactly. And go, well, you've just robbed me of all this money and I've got nothing. And, and nobody's happy with that. Yeah. And I think industry itself has had a bad rap. Um, and I know from meeting with clients over the last sort of two or three years when we've been in, in more of the web and digital space that there's so many people that have been burnt out there by charlatans and people that do that. They, they, they will just chuck a, a massive product, digital marketing product at them and say, you must be doing this or you need this website that's going to do that without delving, as you said, without breaking down what they actually need. And I mean, there's so many clients that we've actually ended up getting on board that, you know, it's... It's quite scary and it's hard. It's a hard industry to be in, especially, I mean, Canning Spurk have obviously got a good brand and a good, um, they've got a good history. So there's sort of trust already been built there. But for smaller agencies, it can be quite a hard thing to try and sort of get clients to trust you again. Um, Absolutely. And and that is the case that there there is this, I guess, feeling of the industry that you're going to be locked into this 12-month contract and you're going to be paying all this money for all this dark magic stuff that <laughs> will just end up leading all this business to you and you'll be rich and retired by the time you're 50. <laughs> and um, it's just, it. I actually love those conversations because yeah, okay. they're, the, they're the opportunity to just go, look, I, I hear you, I get it. It's 
it's terrible that you've had to go through that for a year and it's terrible that you didn't get educated and you didn't go along with that. And I know I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you what the last guy told you, <laughs> that it's all going to be great. Yeah, yeah. But it allows you to be really genuine and then map that with measurement. And yep. that's the bit that misses yep. in a lot of these cases is that there's, well, what are we measuring? Are we, and are we measuring the right things? Um, yep. there's, there's all these arbitrary measurements of, let's say, Facebook posts. It's like, oh, you need to be posting once a day, which means you have seven posts a week. And if we hit seven posts a week, we're good and we're doing our job. And then you look and you go, well, you know, there was no engagement. Nobody went to the website. Nobody called. There's All you did is post seven times. You added seven pieces of clutter to <laughs> Facebook. An already cluttered place. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where on the, on the other side is you go, okay, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to communicate that you are a leading strategic communications company. Great. How do we do that? Well, let's do a video. Let's invest heavily in that video and get a really clean, beautiful product and then let's do a strategic plan on how we amplify that through social media. And let's do that once. And let's, that, that's our monthly goal. And that drives 1,000 people to the website. And then 100 sign up for a white paper. And then 10 give you a call. And then one gives you a meeting. And that person turns into a client. That's better. Yeah. That is much better. And it, it is a numbers yeah. game. Oh, definitely. But you need yeah. to know, well, you know how many people are calling how many people are coming through and actually having those measurements in place. Yeah. What are, what are your key sort of parts of your toolkit from a measurement perspective without giving away, I don't know if you've got any deep dark the secret secrets, source. the secret stuff, mm. but um, like in, a, in, a, in a, a, a digital marketing toolkit, then what would be your key from an anal- analytics point of view, some of the key metrics and tools that you use? I like to customize it for the client um, yeah. or for, for ourselves, yeah. um, treating yeah, ourselves as a what client. They're, what they're wanting to yeah. do again. So, so for example, um, some clients, let's say uh, it's an ASX company and they're, they're wanting to get eyeballs on their announcement. So they've announced this great new thing that's happening. Um, I want to buy that. Yeah. I know, I'm speaking very broadly, but uh, this great new thing. Um, and they don't want people to click. They don't want people to call. That's not important. Um, so we just want people to look at it. Therefore, wow. the article is 30 seconds to read. We don't want people being on there for two seconds. That's not enough time to show any intent or interest. So we want them to be looking for more than 30 seconds. So if I see a user that has been on there for two minutes and has come back three times and they've come back through direct, they've come back through email, I know that they're sharing that around. I know they're reading it. I know they're looking at it on their computer with someone else. And you can sort of map that with other tools. That would be a case where that sort of metric would be the most important. Yeah, yeah. Where if you're doing sort of like a gated content strategy where you're trying to get some people to sign up for a, a really valuable piece of content, you don't want people looking for two minutes. You want people clicking the button. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, so so you want to guide them through and you want to make sure that the the page is so that they're guiding into that 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 click through and then being able to use that analytics to, to report back and say this many people landed on the page, this many yep. people clicked through, this many people got meetings, yep. and then closing that loop. So with a, a sort of digital marketing strategy then, what percentage would you say analytics plays in that? Or what should it be playing? I mean, as I think we, we talked again before the podcast about some analytics and what people aren't doing, not even looking at their Google Analytics to see any, any metrics at all. Um, I mean, what percentage should you be concentrating on, on, on analytics? 
I think it's all the way through. Um, yeah, I would from every, say, yeah. yeah, I would say in every step. So before you engage in a in a strategy, you should be looking at what what you currently have. What's the baseline? Yeah, what are yeah, we talking yeah, about? Yeah. Who? What? Are, what's? How are we going to improve? Like, what's yeah, the, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. otherwise, um, you can't just go in there and go. Well, I think we need this page and an investor page and all of the. We need a blog. We need content. Yeah. If you currently have that and nobody's looking at it, yeah. Um, and then you've got the counterfactual of. Is no one looking at it because you're not promoting it? You're not doing it properly, so you have to take all of that into consideration. It's an interesting thing. It's a bit like sort of you know, um, like being on safari. You need to sit back. You need to observe. Like for some clients, you know, just keep everything as it is just now, and let's spend two months just seeing what's happening. Exactly. And yep. and then we can sort of have that. At least we know what what we're, we're starting with, mm. and then we can sort of yep. move forward. Listen from first. There. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Which a lot of people don't do. Yeah, they do. Uh, they, they go in going, well, this is what we can do for you and this is how we're going to do it. And then you get to the end of the meeting and they're like, well, actually, all we really want is. <laughs> and you, you still haven't come away with the outcome. So yeah. if you go, okay, in six months' time, when we sit down and we review this, this contract, what does success look like? And... To be honest, not every client knows what success looks no, like. not at all, yeah. Um, so there's that education piece of actually that's that's not real success. Maybe this would be more like success. Um, and then talking that through and agreeing on what that looks like and what that what that is and then doing everything that goes along with that. And that's where data comes in yep. is that every step there should be those marginal gains and those iterations that help you get to the solution, ha- always having that goal. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The future of digital marketing. <laughs> what, what do you see as, I mean, or let's not even go to the future. What should um, businesses be doing right now um, at, a, at a minimum? Occupying the space at, yep. the, at the minimum. Um, so many companies don't have their, even their social media's platform set up. And you know, a lot of them will say, well, you know, we're not there. We don't want to market there. And that is, that's fine. If you're not ready, I'd say don't. Don't just start putting random said, pieces clutter, of content. Clutter yeah, out. yeah, clutter yeah. out because yeah. it's just going to go against you. Yeah. But at the very least, have your platform and post something on there saying, thank you so much for finding us here. We post all of our official announcements through our website, yeah. link to website. Yeah. Because if you don't get that space, someone else is going to get it for you. Yeah. And yeah. then they're going to masquerade as you. And then you've lost your you've lost your control over your message yeah, yeah. and your brand. Yeah. And be they've got to be ultra focused on who it is they're trying to attract as well. Like understanding yeah. like it may only be a small percentage of people in 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 the massive market we have, but they're the ones that are you know if you've defined your target audience, they're the ones you need to attract. You don't have to try and attract everybody. We're not it's not a, a numbers game as in we want the, the the most amount of clicks, but we want the targeted clicks. We want the Exactly. And you, and you asked me what the future of digital marketing looks like. It's, for me, it's a movement back towards the individual. Uh-huh. So there used to be this, um, you know, digital marketing and social media means that you can talk to people like, or talk to brands like you never could before. You've got this access, you've got this insight and there's this personality behind brands. And then it became this oh, social media There's so much rubbish on there. The brands are always pushing messages to me and it's just opened wide up. And then now what it's doing is it's closing that gap a little bit more. And I recently wrote about this, um, and it's it's moving things back towards the one-on-one. So there's um, things like you know WhatsApp and Face, uh, Facebook Messenger. Messenger's broken away from Facebook, and it's a standalone product now. Yeah, yeah. And that exists because people are hungry to be talked to as a person not as a as a participant in a bigger network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I get a message that says, hey, Glenn, 
here are this week's red wine specials. We know that you're interested in Malbec and you're only willing to spend $25 a bottle. The, this is what's on offer. That is going to be a much more compelling message <laughs> than we have wine, red wine for under $25. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, great. It's, it says the same thing in theory. Are you subscribed to Vino Mofo? At I all? absolutely am. There you go. That's and, my example. And from a digital yeah. marketing perspective, if anybody wants to see a good... I don't know, just uh, th- everything about that business, the way they interact with their clients, the, the little thank you pages is just so on point and is. so tailored to you is, it is ridiculous. It is, and, and they've, they've, they've identified that um, people are, wine is very personal and it's a very personal execution that they go down. So I think they've accidentally done it perfectly in a way, um, <laughs> yes. which is, I shouldn't I shouldn't take away from what they're doing because no, no, it is great. Yep. Um, but all of those individual interactions is it's really important yeah um and it's yeah. something that is is growing all these tools all these platforms are enabling it more than they ever were before yeah and yeah. that's opening up huge opportunities for people like you and i yeah definitely definitely what am i going to finish off with um thank you very much by the way for coming in and it's been an amazing um, experience to hear your um, your story, bits of it, not all of it. Not um, all of it. Yeah, we'll maybe be, do a part two at some stage. I would love that. I've uh, very much enjoyed it. It's been good fun. Yeah, good to and chat. I think um, I think we have covered covered quite a bit there for um, for our first first podcast. We definitely will have you in again, which I think. I think the digital marketing space is a really interesting one for people to listen to and people to understand. You know, if if you're in business at all, it's something that you if you've if you're not doing anything in the digital marketing space, you you have to start at least thinking about it, as you said. Um, what would be the one tip? Can you leave leave the listeners with a tip on digital marketing that that they could implement right now? that they could implement right now. I would, my other tip before you said that would be to find a trusted provider and, (laughs) and just, and, and I don't say that in some sort of spooking way. I say, you know, there's, they, all these platforms are self-service. So you can go in and technically do it yourself. There's website builders and there's AdWords, which you can go, or Google ads, which you can go. And the reality is, is that these platforms are designed to make money. (laughs) <laughs> um, so if you actually, if you don't know what you're doing and you may not even know that you don't know what you're doing, yep. it's very easy to get down a rabbit hole and yep. pay a lot for it. So I would genuinely say, um, find someone who you trust, trust and get yep. their advice. And if you want to go off and implement that advice and do your own learning, that is, that's encouraged as well. The more, you know, the better you can contribute to the, to the process. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Oh, Victor did ask me, by the way, why do you have an extra N in your name? Because I'm special like that. I like to think it's um, so my my Glenn Double N. Glenn Double N. It's I, the amount of oxygen I've wasted saying the Double N. I got a Glan <laughs> the other day. G L A N. That's the first time I got G L A N. That was a new one. Glenn. That was a new one for me. Um, so I've, it wasn't an accent like Glan. Hey, no, Glenn. it was written. It was in an email. I took a photo <laughs> of it. I'm going to add it to my book of things I've been called. Um, I don't have that, by the way. Uh, it's a good name. Good Scottish should, name. I like yeah, it. exactly. So my um. My parents are from the UK. My mum's from Scotland. Ah. And I think that it was because Glenn is a it's a good name. I like it. I, I feel like I fit my name. Um, <laughs> you do, but actually. One, but one end is just, it's just not enough. Um, and to, to make me different from all the whiskies yeah, and, and the all lakes the hills. and all the hills, exactly. Um, the Scottish I think they, valleys, yeah. Yeah, they just whacked another end on there. <laughs> very good, very good. Thank you again, Glenn. Glenn. And um, we'll definitely do a part two, I think. Look forward to it. Cheers, Thank mate. you. Bye.